Welcome to Soul Talk. This is your host, Pastor Rick Qualls. We hope this is an encouragement to you as you walk with God. Hi, this is Pastor Rick with Soul Talk. It's a place where we have some conversation about uh, our souls and uh, what God's doing and uh, what he'd like to do. Uh, Today, we've got an interesting show uh, for Dave and I to talk about, and that is there's two kinds of complaining. There's good complaining and there's bad complaining, and we're going to talk about what each one is like. So, Dave, do you ever run into folks that complain a bit? All the time, Pastor. All the time. All the time. Let me tell you. Let me let me talk about all these people. There's this kind of person, and then there's the people who want. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, you don't need to mention names. When I look in the mirror, Pastor uh, Rick. Apparently, that's that was where I was going with that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We all complain, especially these days. Yes, it is. It's a real problem today. Uh, some of the science shows that when you complain that the people around you catch it. Mm. And if they catch it, then pretty soon you have a a toxic workplace uh, where everybody's unhappy. And it all starts with some complaining. I would say with our current way we communicate, being social online stuff, social media, I would say we have toxic communities now. That's true. A I, toxic community. I could make a pretty good case that we live in a toxic community, Rick. And it's because we go online and we, so like social media now has groups for your community. We have community right. groups and those started off informational and they quickly uh, moved into just full-time complaining. Yeah. It's a forum for people to complain. That's very good observation. About their own community. Yes. Yeah. Instead it, of doing something to make things better, we tend to, to whine and complain. Yeah, it's a it, lot easier to do that. And it just catches on, you're right. Yeah. Well, uh, the Bible calls good complaining a lament. And so we're going to take a look, look at lament as well as uh, bad complaining, negative complaining. Complaining itself is a dangerous thing. Uh, It cuts you off from understanding what the future is. God has given us a promised land, but while we're in the wilderness, uh, we get to fussing and complaining, and Satan tries to convince us that we're going to die in the wilderness, and he just has a heyday while we're doing this. Uh, then complaining is dangerous because it causes us to doubt God's goodness for the present. Romans 8.28 says that God has prepared uh, for all of us uh, who love him a place. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get all upset because we don't see God's goodness, but it's, it's right there in front of our face, but we complain about it because it's not exactly where we want to be. We don't want to be in the wilderness. Give us the promised land. 
then uh, complaining causes unbelief to deepen and to grow, and murmuring and complaining invites greater complaining. And uh, once it gets started, it just goes on and on and on. To murmur and complain is to put yourself under a curse. The Israelites who were saying while they were in the wilderness, we're going to die in the wilderness. But that wasn't what God's promise was. He promised them the promised land. And so the Lord said, I have heard the complaints that they're saying. Say to them, just as you have spoken, so I will surely do to you. Wow, what mm. if God did that for us? What, what would it look like? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Rick, it's, it's funny that we don't, well, we just don't see the gifts in everything, right? So the wilderness, we're describing the wilderness as a terrible place to be, but actually it's the wilderness uh, that, that toughens us. It helps us learn things. We, there were things we wouldn't know about God if we didn't go through the wilderness. That's right. The old, uh, the old church fathers used to call it the dark night of the soul. Yeah. And it was, it was a dark night and you'd go through the wilderness and it did, it toughened you up and it taught you what real faith is yeah. uh, and not just. Uh, the, the big difference between us and Jesus. Biggest, absolutely. One of the biggest differences. Jesus goes to the wilderness voluntarily. Yes. There's not one time he doesn't. That's and, a good point. And, and we don't want any part of it. Mm-hmm. We talk about the wilderness, like the valley, you know, like, oh, I wish I wasn't here. Well, Jesus may have not wanted to be there for 40 days and 40 nights, but he didn't leave. He didn't leave. And uh, he took that and went with it. Yeah. And uh, the Holy Spirit was able to use him. Now, for just a second, we'll talk about uh, a lament and how a lament is the opposite of bad complaining. Uh, laments a Bible word uh, that does uh, remind us of what we can do. In Isaiah 61, it tells us to put on the mantle of praise. A mantle is like a cape or a top coat. And uh, one of the things that we get from uh, a lament is learning how to see God's goodness. When we're in the wilderness, we doubt very often God's goodness, and uh, we just have to go through the wilderness. Mm -hmm. And then we can praise God for his presence. doesn't matter what we're in or what happens. God's there, and he's not going to leave us in the wilderness. And then finally, we can praise God for the outcome. Uh, it may not come uh, to terms like you would like to see it, but God's got the best plan for his people, and so we can praise him for what the outcome is. You just talked about, a, you just talked about a, like 50 psalms. <laughs> you know, that's, that's just about right. One-third of the psalms are laments. Mm -hmm. And he goes through that cycle that you just, you just told said, you know, just pointed out. And it made me think of like, man, 
Lamenting has given us some seriously great music. <laughs> Think about all the best songs. They're all about heartbreak and, you know, lamenting has turned out some wonderful art. Yes, I guess it has. I hadn't mm. thought of it that way. Mm. When I think of lamenting, I think of whining. I think of murmuring and complaining. Yeah. And uh, really, that's not what it is. Mm. It's taking, uh, taking what we were going through and presenting it to God. So we'll talk more about that in just a minute. Lamenting, that's what we've been talking about, uh, a subject that's not really high on our priority list, but I think it should be. I think it should be. We've got bad complaining, and we've got good complaining, and good complaining is uh, lamenting, and the Bible teaches us how to do that. We'll talk about that in just a minute. One of the authors of uh, a grief book, called a lament, a loud cry or a howl or a passionate expression of grief. It's a prayer in pain that leads to trust. And it leads to two questions. God, where in the world are you? And if you love me, why is that this happening? And that's how we go about uh, doing our lamenting. Um, it goes on to say that when we come to prayer, we turn to God first, and then we do the venting. Uh, it's not good to leave all of that nasty stuff in your heart and in your spirit, but we've got to get it out. We've got to get it out. And so venting is very much a part of lamenting. And then we turn to asking and asking God to, uh, we call on him uh, in a, to act in accordance with his character, and then we end with a trust of God's worthiness. As an example, I wanted to take one of the Psalms, and we'll go down through it and uh, talk about its meaning. Psalms 143 is a lament, and here is how David writes it. Lord, hear my prayer, listen to my cry for mercy in your faithfulness and righteousness. Come to my relief. You can see right there, he's turning to God. Mm. And he says, do not bring judgment into your servant, no one living in righteous before you. So things are really looking bad. No one is, is doing right. 
The enemy pursues me. He crushes me to the ground. He makes me dwell in the darkness like those long dead. My spirit grows faint within me. My heart within me is dismayed. And he goes on. I remember the days of long ago. I meditated on your works and considered what your hands had done. I spread out my hands to you and my soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Answer me quickly, O Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me or I will be like those who go down to the pit. So if you watch that that second section, he goes from... um, not seeing any righteousness or goodness around him, uh, but he says, if, if things don't improve, God, I'm going to be like one who's dead. I'm going to be down in the pit. And so David is really, really letting it all hang out here. Then it goes on, let the morning bring me a word of your unfailing love, for I put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go. For to me, I lift up my soul. Rescue me from my enemies, Lord, for I hide myself in you. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your Holy Spirit lead me on level ground. For your name's sake, Lord, preserve my life. In your righteousness, bring me out of trouble. In your unfailing love, silence my enemies, destroy my foes. For I am your servant. Uh, there's a, an example of what a lament is. And it could very well be that if we had spent more time lamenting through the pandemic, if we had spent a little more time lamenting and get, getting the anger and the hurt and uh, all of those things, getting it out in the presence of God, that we would have found some healing that would con- be continuing on even today. Yeah, um, I love how he starts the lament, too, by acknowledging that his community is toxic. He says, there is no righteousness around me. Yes. There's there's an acknowledgement of, like, yeah, the world around me has grown um, bad. It's grown toxic. And whether he's taking, whether he's acknowledging his part in it or not, I don't really know. Um, but it's it's interesting that his lament here kind of springs from like, oh, there's no righteousness around me. Mm-hmm. It just kind of springs from that place. And that the answer, that God gives the answer in the form of Jesus later. Right. Right. And, and Jesus comes and he starts talking about all these things that a lot of people don't understand because, well, a day is a thousand years to him and a thousand years is like a day. Mm-hmm. We don't understand it because... That's how many how many years after David is gone does Jesus show up? But they are answers to his lament. Yes. Jesus is an answer to his lament, and he's giving answers to the lament because David's lament is not like uh, unlike our lament, which is yes, everything around me is unrighteous. This place is toxic. It's everybody is acting in their own interests, and sometimes I do that, and it never works out, and I'm being accosted from all sides. And Jesus gives us these answers like, be a light. And, and to understand that, yeah, you've got it. You understand that something's toxic in the, in the environment. Something's, something got into creation, right. and it's toxic. And the answer is to go out and be a light, to, do, to, to, to be counter to the toxicity around you. That is to, 
to smile at people and to love people and to, to just be this, be something different, even though there's toxicness, toxicity around you. And I don't, I think maybe David can't get that yet. No, I think we're in the, the middle of venting. Uh, we don't see clearly. All we can see is our own hurt. Uh, but it begs to be said that we should get that now. If our community is toxic, the pandemic has made everyone angry and sad just because of the effects of that. Isn't it on us to go out and be that light? We've been called to be. To be the light and uh, to do the lamenting as we go. Yeah, that doesn't mean that there's not things in the world that we can still lament for sure. Right. And one of the things uh, about lamenting, we get it out. The Psalms, I don't think, were written in one uh, sitting. I think David is giving us a process of his prayers that was probably prayed over months. And uh, we tend to think of it as being a short time, but a a lament uh, is not usually short. It usually takes time. All right. Well, we'll come back in just a minute. This is Pastor Rick, and we're back with Soul Talk. We've been talking about the difference between good complaining and bad complaining. And the Bible has a word for good complaining, and that is uh, to give us a lament, to teach us how to lament and take all of our stuff, whatever it is, and bringing it before God and then letting him be the answer for us. Bad complaining is like grumbling. It leads to grumpy, isolated, anxious, emotionally reactive, and depressed people. We're increasingly filled with self-pity and resentment and thinking bad things about God. That's what bad complaining does. It moves us away from God. Good complaining is like the Lament Psalms. It facilitates our grieving. It helps us to seek empathy, emotional healing, peace, energy, joy, and speaking the truth in love. We're acknowledging the goodness of God even in the midst of our pain. There's a couple of things that you can do while you're uh, in the lament zone, and that is, number one, find somebody Find somebody that you can trust that can give you empathy. Uh, someone who listens and can give empathy, uh, will, that will be a wondrous gift uh, when you're going through a tough time. Mm. So I uh, kind of wanted to close here by 10 things that we can do to uh, eliminate and uh, get rid of bad a bad complaining. In James 5, 9, it says, don't grumble against each other or you'll be judged. The judge is standing at the door. 
show hospitality to one another without grumbling. That's in 1 Peter. The first thing to do is to realize how dangerous complaining is and how much it displeases God. We can turn to the Old Testament and we can see that, uh, that God's people uh, faced all kinds of punishment because of it. The second thing is to keep your focus on God and not your circumstances. I read that one, and it reminds me that too often I'm focused on my circumstances. When, I, when that happens, when I'm focused on circumstances instead of the promise of God, I get to be grumpy and grouchy and uh, all kinds of sick things. So keep your focus on God and not your circumstance. But we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. The next thing you can do is remember that you're an ambassador of God. Whatever you do, don't forget this. You are a representation to God. Dave mentioned earlier that we are the light, the light of the world. And we need to keep that light shining. Uh, Jesus said, you're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. The next thing we can do is be part of the solution instead of the problem. Uh, That is a big one. Uh, We complain and we sit on our... in our recliners, and we complain about uh, maybe the city government or the government in general, and uh, but we're not about to be part of the solution. The truth is that we could make a difference if we tried. I think that one needs some clarification as well, because sometimes um, some people heard that and think that's right. Uh, when my friend is lamenting, I tell, I go to them and say, do this, do that. Let me fix this for you. Um, no, that's not it. Uh, when your friends are lamenting, your loved ones are lamenting, you sit down close to them and you say, how can I help? Yes, that's where empathy comes in. Mm-hmm. You don't come in with answers. We're, we're often listen. bulls in china shops. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I like that imagery, a bull in a china (laughs) shop. Yeah, yeah, we are. So uh, don't give a bunch of answers. Be empathetic, and that will do just about more than anything to help your family member or whoever it is that's having the problem. Uh, Be part of the solution, not part of the problem. Take your responsibility. Make sure you count your blessings. Learn to be how, how to be grateful and how to ask God for uh, a positive outlook on life. And then finally, we need to speak positive words. We can choose our words. We can choose our thoughts. Uh, but lamenting will help us put those uh, thoughts into words and doing it in the presence of God and in the presence of, of one of God's people, you get that out. And once you get it out, uh, then you no longer have to worry about stuffing your feelings or uh, not dealing with your feelings. 
you'll be doing that. And, uh, and that's one of the suggestions that, that we need to take to heart. So, uh, don't whine today. That would be just a good all-around thing to do. Don't whine. Why are you looking at me when you say that? <laughs> <laughs> All because right. Because you're right across from me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, do some good complaining if you're going to do complaining. Uh, sit down, write out what it is that hurts, and tell God all about it. He's ready and willing to hear. This has been Soul Talk with Pastor Rick. Hope you've uh, gained a lesson or two from the Bible. Thanks for listening. We appreciate all of our listeners. You can listen to this show live at KFEX 93.1 FM at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time on most Mondays. Join us next time on the next episode of Soul Talk.